Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield from the band Wilson. Hey, rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Good job. My name is Baco, and I will soon be joined by my friend, my co-host, and of course, the godfather of Cobras and Fire, Luz Cannon. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about today's episode. Today we're going to feature a band that early on received the Cobras and Fire Mushroom Stamp Seal of Approval. And no, Billy Hardaway, it's not Steelheart, but you probably figured that out by now. Hailing from Detroit, Michigan, the band Wilson embodies everything I fucking dig about hard rock, metal, and dick pics. Somehow I managed to finagle myself into an interview with lead singer Chad Nicefield, and I don't mind telling you people, our conversation is uh, quite arousing. 
But before we get to that, let's kick it off with some fuckery. That is the music of Wilson with Give Em Hell! Fire. My name is Baco, and I am finally joined by my ever so lethargic co-host, Loose Cannon. Loose, how are you today? I'm great. Feeling very lethargic and happy to be in this state. You are running the show today, correct? That's what you said, man. I mean, you call the shots, so you are the uh, godfather of Cobras and Fire. <laughs> How's that work? You're running it. I don't call the shots. You're running it, man. Yeah, you, yeah you go, you do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm the godfather. <laughs> Don Luce. Uh, but anyway, what you got for us today? Well, I got um, what I think is a pretty 
fabulous interview with uh, a very attractive man named uh, Chad Nicefield. You might know him as the uh, lead singer from Wilson. I know him as the person who gives me good dreams. <laughs> Pleasant dreams. I see. Yes, you, you've definitely been the, like I, I called you, the other episode was the inquisitive Baco lately. Lots of interviews and more, more, more to come, as I understand. Correct. Um, ho- hopefully, more of this, but on your end, I'm getting kind of tired of it. I don't even know what to talk about. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you had some good subjects, so why don't you give us a, you know, kind of paint the picture for us? Where'd you meet up with them, etc. Break it down. Well, as you know, like uh, shortly after you and I both kind of um, became aware of their their uh, musical uh, brilliance. I saw them in about, I don't know, about a two and a half, three month time. I saw them about three times just here in the Twin Cities. It just kept coming back. And then all of a sudden, nothing. And so eight months after the last time I saw them, I had to drive 300 miles to Oshkosh, Wisconsin to see them. Lovely. Yes, it's um, it's a very smelly part of the world. And uh, <laughs> I saw some, uh, of your, your, some of your pictures. <laughs> they were pretty funny, especially that one guy <laughs> in that like half shirt with the, with the uh, tassels. He's, uh, he was not ashamed of his body, even though he probably should have. <laughs> Continue. But, yeah, so, no, it was um, it was definitely an experience. It was a lot of fun, to be honest with you. I can, I can make fun of Wisconsin all day. But, sure. The, you know, it was a three-day festival, and uh, day one, super drunk. Day two, a little later. And day three, everybody just wanted to go home. And even the band started commenting on it. And uh, uh, day two was when I was meeting up and uh, chatting with Wilson. But there was some... Uh, I won't get into the details of it. Let's just say the interview wasn't going to happen on site because of the way shit was on site. So we'll, we'll um, go into that another episode, right? When yeah, we break down no, a lot yeah. of the concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got to talk to all the guys and and spend a couple minutes chatting with Chad, and we just decided to set up a phone interview that I did. Uh, I think the Monday after I got home. So yeah, and then I I had a pretty full weekend. I went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday working all this rock and roll craziness that I call. Cobras and Fire and Decibel Geek and Baco Photo. Anyway, whatever. So what we're about to hear is, um, well, it's about 30 minutes of me chatting with uh, Chad about everything from the band, the guys in the band, and the music industry, that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, you go over a ton of different subjects, but, oh, I forgot. Also, total rock boner for me, too, as far as, as Wilson goes, is they, Boring. oh, yeah, they just were added to... Denver's Denver's version of a lot of the, the fest you've been going to, like Northern Invasion, called High Elevation. They were just added as of today to the roster along with Crowbot. Boring. I was very happy for you when I when I saw that. Uh, yeah, because I've been wanting to see him live for quite a while. And and before we get into the interview too, I mean, Right to Rise, what a brilliant album, correct? Oh yeah, front to back, just solid. Came out of nowhere for me. Uh, just that that album cover with the dog in front of the with the backdrop with Detroit there. I was like, "What's this all about?" Goofy name, mm-hmm. and you didn't ask that, did you? I don't remember. You didn't ask where you came up with the name Wilson. You know, in my first interview with him, I did. Oh, you did. Okay, mm-hmm. but uh, which this is not the first one. <laughs> no, this is right. Spoiler <laughs> alert! But it was with the first interview that actually you could hear back properly. Yeah, I, think you had I would agree with that. Technical yeah. difficulties before. But but yeah, man. I mean, I thought this this interview was was very entertaining, much like your Boba Flex interview, where you were. Uh, I came away knowing a lot more about um, hostels, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I also 
you know, I, I've never heard of a, uh, you know, a frontman having such a strict no bowling policy for his, <laughs> for his, uh, you know, his guitarist. Yeah, if he and can't bassist. drink before a show, they can't bowl when they're not playing. <laughs> and you'll understand that reference when you hear the interview. Yeah. But I still can't believe he didn't do a follow up question to that. Yeah, we talked about that. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I was already kind of moving on, and I did, I didn't even catch it until you told me about it. I'm like, I said, what? What did he say? <laughs> so, exactly. His own. No, but it's cool. He got into a lot of music industry uh, stuff too, just like they had the Boba Flex one, and and one of these days, yeah, you kind of got me going on that stuff. Now I'm starting to get more like inquisitive with it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, but one of these days, you're finally going to have somebody pop out a number. Because I say, well, what I'm referencing is a lot of times we're asking what's kind of the yeah. the level of success for sales these days. Because, you know, because the whole world is different. And I say that, you know, gold was how many records sold back in the day? It was 500,000. It still is. Right. But but gold is 500,000 and platinum's a, a million. But I think the new standard, the new gold and platinum standard, realistically, is 50 and 100K. You know, that's probably fair. For rock. I'm saying if, if somebody sells... I, well, I would say across the board. I mean, uh, yeah, Taylor Swift might sell a few million copies or Beyonce, but it's not like um, the rest... I mean, the rest of the genre... The Foo Fighters can still sell a million, I think. I mean... Gal- I don't even Metallica know if they... probably could. I don't even know if they did, yeah. that last one. And they had a whole miniseries in HBO promoting it. Maybe they I'm did. I'm just saying that, that right. it... it I think rock in, is the only one that's talking about it. You know what I mean? Like the other genres, they, they almost ignore it. But it's affecting them just the same. I mean, their uh, first week sales of their biggest artists are pretty comparable with rock. Um, and rock continues to sell percentage-wise the most uh, of, out of all genres. So, yeah, Baco, I mean, you would put Wilson in your... I know you definitely gave them the, the top ranks for album of 2015, but... You know, if you had like a handful of bands that were like of the the new blood or whatever you want to oh, call them, oh yes, uh, you know, five or six. Name the name the, I the have bands. Seven. Okay, My go. List is at seven, and there's room for more. That that which uh, is a great isn't that a great feeling though that you have? Oh, it is. A it, list. I mean, it, two years ago when you, or right before you started this podcast, that list nothing. didn't even really it was, exist. It was Danko, and that was it. <laughs> right. So, so let's start with them. Danko Jones, Boba Flex, Wilson, Crowbot. Glorious Sons, Red Sun Rising, and Monster Truck. Did I hit seven? That it, I mean, you talk about a great package tour. That's all, and all those bands. I can't believe you said that. I said that to my wife. I was like, that's a tour I want. I kid you not. Since then, Monster Truck and Glorious Sons have played together. Crowbot and Wilson are now touring together. And Boba Flex and, fuck, they were just with one of these. Oh, Boba Flex and Wilson were together just recently. Right. Uh, oh, a glor- uh, Red Sun Rising in Boba Flex. That's what it was. So I left out Red Sun Rising. But Believe it's it or not maybe right. But but the cool thing I think you mentioned it in I think it was the interview we did with Red Sun Rising was the fact that that all these bands are you know you can put them together and it'd be a great time. But they all have mm-hmm. their you're, they have their unique sound. It's not like your sound. You're not putting a bunch of like hair metal or new metal or whatever you want to call them they're like you can definitely they have their own unique vibe sure and i always try not to bring it up when i'm talking to them because i'm not trying to put 
when I say something nice about somebody, I'm not trying to put them on the spot about somebody that I don't like. So since they're not here, I, I, I'm always referring to that kind of Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Saving Abel, Nickelback kind of right. conglomerate where it's just like there's no originality, no uniqueness. It's cookie cutter. They're clearly using the same formula. I mean, listen to a Wilson song. I mean, they don't really follow any certain convention it's almost like they just start and end when they want to right when they were when the, in the writing process and i can say that about all those bands i mean bobo flex is very unique in their their songs uh, arrangements um red sun rising is probably the most poppy of all those but when you see them live they're just they're so good but the thing about it is 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 that they're 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 just they fun like themselves they're, right but they're they're also fun they're they're bands that oh, like bring the bring yeah, the, ener- the energies i'm saying like that's what's yeah, been missing with a lot serious topics and chad even talked about that a little bit he's like well they want to still be a party band even though like they still have things that like bother them or you know sure they're affected by life like the rest of us they just don't want that to be what their show is about you know so yeah if you're not familiar with wilson or if you haven't heard him or just heard us talk about him and thought we were talking about a Volleyball. <laughs> well, you're about, you're going to find out a little bit more because we're going to sprinkle in some of their music from both records. They have two out um, throughout the episode, and, um, and you know I think uh, I th- I think you'll learn to to like him a little more too when you hear Chad just talk because he's got a lot of passion and authenticity to how he comes off about everything. So, yeah, Baco, great interview. Uh, Thank lot, you. Lot, yeah, I mean, a lot of laughs plus a lot of you got a lot of in depth. Uh, you had some in-depth questions that that had some great answers too from Chad. So, really liked listening to it. I know that our listeners will too. And I am so excited about finally seeing Wilson live at High Elevation Fest here in September. You're gonna love it. Oh yeah. So, you know, dicks up, windows down. Here's Wilson. Hey, Chad, thank you for doing this. I'm talking with Chad from Wilson. Um, how are you? Hi. Doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? Well, I got a little bit of a sad news for you. Um, I uh, I, ha- I used the hashtag Baco Photo on all my Instagram posts, and it's largely concert pictures. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but last night we we uh, we were covering a local gala, and one of the celebrities there was Johnny Depp. And um, okay, he um, he bumped you from four to from number three to number four on the most popular Baco Photo post, and I had no idea. I just wanted to apologize. <laughs> Who is this guy, Johnny Depp? I don't know. I, I hear he's an actor. I'm, I'm maybe a voice actor of some kind. I'm not sure. Uh, well, I never heard of him. Well, whatever. You know, the world's a weird place right, <laughs> right now. So I guess Johnny Depp's whoever you are, or whatever yeah. deepest or whatever. All right, yeah, well, at it. Well, anyway, had I known, I would have never done that to you. So. Uh, anyway, hey, I did. I, like I said, no, no skin off my back. I don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know who I am. All right. Um, we spoke about a year ago, not not quite a year ago, and Right to Rise had come out uh, fairly close to that time. Um, and I follow all you guys on social media and fa- all that Facebook, Instagram shit. Uh, you've had quite a year. You want to kind of top off some highlights for us? Oh, man, geez. Highlights. Um, well, we headlined our first ever uh, United Kingdom tour, which was great, and we did some headlining shows in Germany, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. We went overseas again uh, with our, our friends in uh, Hailstorm to support them. Those are great. Uh, that whole that whole run was really great. Uh, the Hard Drive Live tour with Trivium and Shumaki was awesome. The past couple of uh, months of the festivals that we've been doing, I mean, geez, uh, 
I think one of my favorite best still to this day after all of them, one that we just went through is probably rock on the range because it was like pouring down rain when we, <laughs> when we started to play our set and we're like, Oh my God, nobody's going to be here. You know, like it's raining, they're going to get shelter or whatever. But to our surprise, there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> what, what are these crazy people doing in here? They could, you know, they're getting drenched and we just had a good time with everybody. It was really, uh, it was really overwhelming to feel that support, especially due to the, uh, in, Incredibly terrible weather situations that we were under. Um, Church bells ringing on a Sunday morning, but heaven never looked good on me. So I lay in bed with the preacher's daughter, feel the holy water pouring down on me. of the band and the record so um thank you very much yeah of course um you you also posted that you were in a at least at one point in europe in a sort of a a rapey a murdery hostel anything weird happened that night <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I i don't i don't think that you could get any more uh 
creepy than this place that we stayed at, but nothing weird happened, luckily. I mean, or I guess maybe unluckily, because it would be a really great story to, to wake up with some, like, ghost raping our boy, Pooey's butthole or something like that. But uh, unfortunately <laughs> for us, it was, it was, it was a no... Yeah, absolutely not. Or maybe Kyle's. I, one of those two, for sure, for sure would be the candidates for uh, rapey buttholes. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think uh, I don't think we've had a, we had a, a bad experience at all. It was just a really strange place. It was our first because um, the first time we were over there, we were in a we were sharing a bus with the band, nothing more. So we slept every night in our own little bunks, you know. And, and uh, this time we were in a van by ourselves, traveling around trying to figure it all out. So I had gotten really used to figuring out what like what certain terminologies in a hostel meant, you know, if it was like going to be just the five of us in a room or it was going to be like the five of us with like five other strangers in a room. So we started to kind of figure out a, <laughs> for like a week or so, we figured out like what not to do and not to say where not to go, you know, what, did, what, did you ever what, have like, a night where you had like, um, like five random Germans with you and they just kind of like sat upright in bed staring at you and not speaking or, well, kind of. They actually, like, once we got into the room, I think we scared them off, and they hadn't, like, switched <laughs> switched out uh, their room and never came back or whatever it was. Well, that so. would have been before you shaved your beard then, or? <laughs> what, what was that? Well, I said, would that have been before you shaved your beard? You were a little more scary with the beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit. Yeah, I, was, I didn't shave my beard until I got back home from Europe. Yeah. <laughs> you got some heat for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of heat from that. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just hair grows back, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it doesn't seem like you're going to let it go. I, you kind of intimate, intimated that you would, but I, you know, just seeing you a couple of days ago, you, you're keeping it pretty trim. It's the summer, man. You know, I haven't felt like the summer sun on my face in seven years, so I figured I'm going to at least uh, at least get get one more of these in before I stretch grow it back out. <laughs> right on. That doesn't make any difference to me. Uh, my wife, who was with me, uh, she said you looked very handsome, though. So she did not. Oh, that's great. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, you know, I always, I'm always interested in kind of the, the industry stuff because there's been such a change in it. You know, you're, what really constitutes, when you, like, release a record, like, what, what determines whether it's, like, a, a success or not? Because sales is kind of a, a different animal right now than it used to be. Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're looking to achieve with it. You know, like, for us, uh, you know, right to rise. I mean, we did pretty much full blast, uh, fuckery on our, on our own for the most part. You know, we had like, uh, some help in Canada with the distribution of the, of the, of the record, record over there through a licensing company. But, you know, over here in the States, it was, it was on our own, uh, pretty much for the whole, the whole cycle. So, you know, like whatever we did was a success because, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. We we're just kind of going forward and trying to put the pieces together as it came up came on our plates um, <clears throat> with Red to Rise was our first like real like proper release I guess if you were, if you want to use those term those terms but um, so for a band like us getting it out into the world touring on it and you know putting our stamp out there a little bit larger than it was before was the success that we were looking for as far as you know, a more established band who sold, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of copies of records, and if they were to sell less copies of the record that they just put out than the record they put out before, they would probably deem that as a not-so-successful uh, release just based upon sure. record sales. And, you know, in the, in, in the world that we live in, you know, the current um, state of the music industry, you know, it is hard to gauge what a real successes on a as far as releasing a record especially in rock music you know where there's not 
there isn't this the same amount of gumption uh, in 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 record buying well, audiences um, out there. Yeah, on that point, um, how do you? Um, I don't know how to phrase this. Uh, how do you justify like? Uh, outside of the want to like like because your record label has to be behind it too what's the what's the 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 end game on on doing another record you know what i mean right now if if sales isn't the big determining factor it depends on where you are with the record label i suppose like mm-hmm. if the record label was looking for you to be a massive success and put in a bunch of money and time and everything into the into that first record. I mean, every, every label's looking to try to break a band, you know, but sure. if they know that they're, they're going into it and everybody's going into it with the long haul, the long end game is more important than the off the gate. I mean, it's, it's no secret that, you know, uh, the biggest indicator of like a band's uh, record cycle, how it's going to go is the first week sales, you know, right. and the first week sales are really, because that's where the majority of the promotional dollars are going into is right before ramping up right before the record comes out right when the record comes out you know basically hopefully you're out on the road supporting something before the record comes out so you're getting in, in the records there you have physical copies to sell at least or pre-sale copies to sell so you can add those into your first week sales and that'll kind of determine by the industry standards of what they're like looking hopefully what they're looking at a success or not Mm-hmm. Uh, but then with a band like uh, well, most rock bands, you know, when the idea of it is you have to get out there and grind your nose to the pavement like it used to be. Never, nothing's ever changed in our world. You don't have an overnight success. Yeah, why you don't you guys play live the more often, by the way?
don't think we took hardly tour? That was a joke. I, you know, hard, I was trying to sell it. You know, I, I failed. No, no, you guys are on the road all the fucking time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, really? I'll work on my delivery for the next joke. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know why we don't tour that often. You did spoil me. Yeah. I saw you three times in about two and a half months, and then I had to drive to Oshkosh to get to see you in eight months later. So. <laughs> no. Come back we, uh, we, uh, we we we're road dogs, you know, and uh, it's like it's weird. It's a weird time for us right now because we took a month and a half off before playing these festivals. We're taking another month off before a festival, and then we're not hitting the back. And then we have basically another month before we hit the road again. So, so you're back home right now. Like, yeah, yeah, we're at home. We just did those. We just did three three festivals last week. We're writing and working on new material. So. And, uh, with a, you know, like going back to that, that situation, like our next record is for sure, like the indication of how we're growing, you know, like if we don't sell, you know, uh, a good amount of records and this huh. next record cycle, then it's pretty much a clear indication to anybody in the industry of where the growth of the band is, you know? And, uh, at that point, then there's a, there's a serious, uh, situation that needs to be addressed and, um, and what's going on with the career of the band. I uh, I can tell you um, I can personally vouch for four sales of Right to Rise, one being mine. So uh, I'm amazing. I'm, I'm, th- those four people are, are re- going to be repeat customers. So you're locked in there. We're four ahead. <laughs> we're, we're already we're, I'll, I'll let the label know. I'll be like, hey, I just got the phone. I'll go. He's, so we got four records coming no matter what. <laughs> need to get this guy going here. Uh, all right. Um, you know, um, you guys, uh, you know, don't hide too much. You like to be a party band a little bit. But you uh, you have a pretty, um, it's not rangy, but you have a very strong voice. And it, it's, it's got to be difficult to, to drink too much and be able to perform. Is correct? Or is that something you can Yeah, I don't through, drink like, before I play anymore. Or? Just after or not at all? Uh, yeah, after. No, I mean, I drink, I drink, you know, I drink a lot less than I used to, especially in full last fuckery days where I was uh, drinking <laughs> way, way, way too much, you know, where I was spending uh, about six of my seven days of the week hungover. So, you know, and that's just not good. Uh, it just sounds like a good idea, but it sounds like fun, but it's just not good on, well, you're on young your body too, first you know, and foremost. Uh, yeah. And I'm pushing 33 this year, you know, like yeah. I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a young 20 year old chap anymore. So, you know, and, and this thing just, you know, there's this voice in mine. It's, it's gotta, it's gotta hold up. So, but that being said, I mean, you know, I don't, I still drink. I just don't drink as violently as, 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 as I used to. And that's, and that's because I have, you know, I, not only myself to look after, but I have four other dudes in a, in a band that, you know, when I go out on stage or whatever, it'd be like if one dude was like constantly bowling, a guitar player was like bowling every single day, and his wrist is getting fucked up, and his fingers are getting fucked up, and he's hardly able to pluck pluck his strings or or play the guitar. Or, you know, maybe he, he, you know, like that would be an irresponsible move for a guitar player. It's the same way as it'd be an irresponsible move for the rest of my dudes if I was treating my instrument with as much caution as. Uh, they're they're treating their instrument. So in the in the name of brotherly love and being all for the team, it's just a better idea for me to be the best I can. You know that sort of thing. Well, every time I've seen you, you guys have delivered. I don't. I'm convinced you don't have a bad show in you. I don't know. <laughs> I would have to say that the five of us would would say otherwise. But I yeah. feel I feel very blessed to hear that. So thank you very much. Man. Yeah, no doubt, man. I uh, keep it up. Um, on the festival thing, you know when it. Uh, you know, I don't know when the first one started, but there used to be more of a natural cycle. You know, uh, an example I'll give you is I, I saw a Godsmack like on a 11 a.m. side stage at Ozfest, and three years, 
two or three years later they were they were headlining. There doesn't seem to be that rising to the top. It's like it seemed like five finger death punch. Not to compare music, but just as uh, a status thing, they were kind of the last one to kind of sneak in. Um, it, but yet the festival scene seems so strong. You think things yeah, are I, turning a little bit? I think what it is is <clears throat> is the community of people are very strong. And yes, a band like Five Finger Death Punch or Slipknot or Disturbed, you know, bands that have been around also for a while, they're of course going to be the leaders of you know of all of us. You know, going forward, they're going to be the big heavyweight, the strong of the people. But if you put were to put either one of those any of those bands on the, on their own. It might draw five thousand people, which is a great amount of people to be drawing in their own five. You know, depending on the area, five to ten thousand people. You know, however, when you're putting in a, on a festival and you're looking at a rock and a range, and there's sixty thousand people, eighty thousand people there. That's because of the experience. That's because there's people there. Obviously, there to see the headliners, but they're also thinking, okay, well, I can see a bunch of bands during the day for a hundred bucks versus seeing one band for fifty dollars. You know, no, definitely. They're going out there and you're seeing that turn around. The casual fan that might not be a huge fan of any of those bands, but is just a fan of music, is going to spend the money to go and be a part of the experience, be a part of the culture that's going on. And, and it's, it's awesome if we can just if we can just have those. You know, ticket sales are kind of weird because in a festival situation, that money and those people they eat up everything. You know, yeah. saying like that mm-hmm. run of festivals kills club touring for, you know, months on, on end because everybody spent their, their the entirety of their <laughs> entertainment budget as human beings on a month worth of shows traveling around doing different festivals, no which doubt. is great because you're getting to, as a band, you're getting to go out there and, like, nail out a bunch of, you know, if Wilson were to be touring, there's no way we'd be playing in front of 5,000 people every single day, you know? We'd be playing in front of 200, 300, 400 if we were headlining on our on. So we get to go out there and we get to play in front of people who already know our band is people who don't know who our band is, people who have heard our band but haven't really paid attention, and we get a chance to kind of convert bands. However, it also gives you a different sort of sense of, of touring because you go out and then you play a club at the same time of year, and people have already spent all their money on festivals, so they're not coming out to the shows to see you in that setting when they just saw you in this other setting. You know? So oh, it's no, I kind totally of, understand. Yeah. It's, it's a... It's a you know, it's kind of a both two sides of the, to the coin when you look at it that way. You know? Well, it's also a little bit encouraging because I think for the first time in, in some time, at least from my perspective, and this is a, a very personal opinion, not not to broad base or, or cut anybody out, but bands like you know you, uh, for me, it's like you, Crobot, Red Sun Rising, Monster Truck, Glorious Sons, Bubbleflex, Danko Jones. These are a lot of, and not all these are brand new bands, you know, but. The, the, you're all very unique sounding. You all sound like yourself, you know, and uh, you're not you're not reinventing the wheel, so to speak. So that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of got these, you know, bands like you that when you show up at these festivals, you kind of stick out a little bit because you sound like you. And I guess that that'd be the one I don't know light at the end of the tunnel that I would I'm I'm banking on because I'm I'm concerned. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> music, uh, I, music I, matters. I I'd have to agree. You know, the, I think the one thing that um, what would that we pride ourselves on the band is is being able to be fun.
you know, without being overly silly, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we're like dudes who think poo-poo and pee-pee and big <laughs> jokes are so funny, you know, it's just, it's just the nature of the people we are. But correct know? me if I'm so wrong, you, you also, um, like, and I don't think you will, but, uh, uh, heavy metal bands, like bands that get heavy, they get so hooked to this idea that heavy means one thing. Um, and I'll use um, Hang with the Devil as kind of a, a where you kind of throw in that almost like a Christine 16 kind of keyboard part in there in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't afraid to do that, you know, it, with the idea that, yeah. oh, they're going to like think we're not heavy if we throw this in or something. If you're heavy, you're heavy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like. You seem fearless like with that in that kind of aspect. Yeah. I mean, I like a ton of different music uh, like that, you know, like what I think is sometimes it's a tonally heavy, like, you know, you look into like like a Meshuggah or like a Gorgira or something like that. You're like, whoa, that sounds heavy. But then you go and listen to like what people would consider like a ghost to be a heavy metal band. And I'm like, that's, that sounds like an operatic, uh, operatic, uh, operatic band to me. <laughs> I don't think it sounds like a, I don't think it sounds like a metal band to me. You know, I, I think it sounds like a rock band. I think it sounds like a, like a seventies throwback, you know, there's some Jefferson airplane and shit, but that's oh, considered a metal, the metal heads are going up to see it. Or oh, blue oyster cult is even better. Yeah. It sounds, you know, it's got that sort of vibe to it. And I'm like, this is cool. And it's different. Like you said, it's a different sound or whatever. People, some people like it, some people hate it. And I was just got to stick to it, too. There's, a, you know, all the different, like, uh, costumes and, and stage props or whatever. But on top of that, like, you know, I think that's important to heavy music culture is that, like, it doesn't have to sound like you need to get hit in the face by a ton of bricks every single song, you know? No, exactly. Well, there's a lot of melody to your band band's music. Yeah, you know, and that's something that we're consciously moving forward with, you know, is just making sure that, like, what we're doing is is representing, you know, what we what we are as people, too, not just, like, this idea of us being, like, ridiculous party monsters or something like that, you know? There's, I mean, I, my serious side of things aren't, you know, I'm not, like, heartbroken or anything like that, but I definitely have, like, plenty of strife through, you know, my my life and the rest of the dudes the same. You know, like, there's plenty of deeper subjects that we can touch upon, you know. But we we pride ourselves at the end of the day of being a good time band. You know, that, that sort of thing that kind of gets lost in the mix of, of uh, the overly dramatic rock and roll sure. people. It's always been like, you're in the pit looking up at me. <laughs> I'm on stage looking down at you, you know. We kind of view it as, like, we're all here together, you know. You're very authentic, too, by the way. That's one thing I... That... It's hard to fake. Maybe bass and drums, you, you, you can get by with it, but uh, your music and, and the way it's delivered and, and the way you guys perform on stage, it, 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 it's hard to not believe that you, you... It doesn't matter what you're saying, but but you you mean it. You know what I mean? That's well, one thing that drew me in, too. So. Yeah, I did have a couple suggestions on how, on ways to like uh, really boost your, uh, uh, what they call it, a, a Q score or whatever, to make you guys more popular. Let's just make it dumb. Um, have you ever okay. thought about getting in like a Twitter war with Kanye? <laughs> I was reading this thing that they, I was reading something while I was thinking of shit today with uh, about Kanye West and uh, Taylor Swift and yes! Kim Kardashian. I, don't know. I was like, what's this all about? And it's because it was all over my news feed. I love uh, that. And, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is fun. And I obviously keep, that's what keeps those, 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 those turd stains relevant, you know? These <laughs> people, they, you know, they don't have something crazy going on in their lives. It's well, they're like not creative, so they do this. Well, so. 
Yeah, it's like any teenage squabble, you know, like any any middle school drama. If there's not drama going on with Susie Q, then she's not the popular girl anymore, you know. Well, what about so, Louie, uh, like banging like some uh, or date start dating some tabloid bitch? Like I don't know. I, my, I came up with Lindsay Lohan, but it really could be anybody. And then they could break up, yeah. and he, you guys could write songs about it or something. You know, that it would just really kind of get you out of your profile bigger. So. Wait, find find somebody who has like a massive case of herpes and like he gets it all out of his mouth and like, a press photo is just like a constant reminder of like yeah. the time that he dated Jennifer Lohan or whatever her name is. Jennifer, I'll go with Lohan. Jennifer Lohan. Uh. <laughs> exactly. um, that's, how, that's how cute I am. I'm just No, that's great. Now we'll, I'm sticking with it. Now um, I have kind of an unhealthy obsession with Pooey. Is that normal? <laughs> I, uh, uh, no, I mean, I have an unhealthy. I don't know if you follow my Instagram. Oh, of course. I put pictures of him every single day. I don't know why I have such a problem, but I do have a terrible problem. And I can't <laughs> no, but he was in the band on Fuckery, right? But Kyle and James came in after. Do I have that right? Uh, okay, so, so Full Bass Fuckery was written and recorded by myself, Jason. Pooey. Um, and, uh, you know, Kyle came in in the middle of the writing process, but we kind of were already there. And James came in after this, the record was already recorded. Well, basically, like right before we went to record it. So it wasn't really, uh, you know, because we had kind of switched members throughout the writing process and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Pooey, Pooey. Actually, Kyle has been in the band longer than Pooey. But we had already had the music written, and Pooey had written some drum parts or whatever, or rearranged some drum parts that we had already written. So he came out to record it with us. But it was just the three of us who did the record. Uh, I, I do have to admit, I, I have a touch of a man crush on Kyle, but don't tell him. He's not going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> he probably, no, I don't think he will listen to it, only because he probably doesn't want to hear my stupid voice more than he has to hear my stupid voice. Uh, a brilliant <laughs> man. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, a brilliant man no, no. once said, uh, Wilson may be the best thing to come out of Detroit since the Strohs introduced the 30-pack. Do you know who wrote that? No. Who oh, is that you? Yeah, that was me. Was it really? One of my favorite writers. <laughs> uh, no, you guys are uh, fantastic. I just have a couple last ones for you. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, of course, man. All right. Um... Well, one thing uh, I really wanted to know is when we talked in uh, Minneapolis like about a year ago, like we we said, I think there was about three hundred thousand miles on the van, something like that. How many miles are on it now? Are you you have a new one? Oh, it was like it was one hundred and twenty. Now we're at two hundred and ten. Okay, well, that's still quite impressive. Um, yeah. One of the things I've been kind of hitting people up when I do get a chance to talk to them a little longer. Um, have you are you familiar with the movie Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? I have no idea what that movie is. Um, well, Kiss did like a cheesy movie in the seventies and they are all in it. It was like, they were trying to do like a hard day's night kind of thing. Okay. Never seen it, huh? No, no, I have to check well, it then out. I, I then I, I assume you support my petition to, you don't have to sign it, but I just want you to verbally support my idea, uh, unless you don't want to, um, uh, of remaking it with a current lineup. A deal. All right. <laughs> um, and deal. It, <laughs> and by the way, check it out. It's a good herd. If you guys have a DVD player in the van or anything like that, it'll kill some time, and uh, you'll uh, you'll probably want to drink while you're doing it. <laughs> Deal. Van, that's when I drink. That's it. As long as I don't have a show, I drink. Yeah, what that's do you guys, how do you stay busy in the van, by the way? Ah, oh, dude, ridiculous. We make these crazy phone recordings. Like, we have so many different, like, ridiculous, like, 
things that we recorded. We come up with these skits, right, and these, like, ideas of, like, some small mouse, like, getting caught by his dad, uh, fingering his mom's girlfriend, you know, and we come up with, like, these crazy, like, you know, what what if this happens situation, like, Steve Irwin in a concrete jungle, you know, like, and we'll talk it out there and record it, and pretty much the majority of our, our writing is either listening to, like, I listen to a lot of, I like stand-up comedy, and I like comedy, so I listen to, like, a shit ton of, like, comedy records or podcasts when I'm driving, the rest of the dudes. My favorites? Oh, my God. Uh, should I love... Who is that? Uh, Gary Goldman is a new guy that I really, really, really love. I love things... I like, like Brian Hussain. I love... Uh, uh, who was I listening to just the other day? I mean, I love Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, what do I love listening to? Matt Bronger, Robert Kelly, right. uh, Eric Andre show. That's really good. Um, I love that you watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could go on and on and on and on. Yeah, are you familiar with uh, a local boy, Nick Swardson? He's in a lot of Sandler movies. This Nick Swardson, yeah. So, yeah, I've been, I've been on his his, uh, his stand-up for a while, but even before Seriously Who Farted when he was doing Nick's Arcade, uh, which was his oh, first right stand-up uh, special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite things ever is when he's talking about um, how he would hire John Stamos. <laughs> I want to have a chunk of money saved up. And have it mailed off to some random celebrity to have him make a, an appearance at my funeral. Like, just a chunk of money with a note. It says, here you go. It's my last wish. Take this money. Show up at my funeral. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just in and out. Just make an appearance. That's all you have to do. But I want, like, a mid-level celebrity like John Stamos. Would be sweet. <laughs> Uncle Jesse on Full House. Just to be funny, my friends, and suffer at my funeral. Like, I can't believe Nick's dead, man. I can't believe he died. He was a good dude, man. I can't believe he died. It's too bad. Dude, is that John Stamos? Did Nick know John Stamos? To be at his uh, his funeral. That's a great bit. Yeah, yeah. When he's uh, around, he's like, crying. Is that John Stamos? Yeah, yeah. Nick Fortin, great. He's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what about old timers like uh, Bill Hicks? He's one of my favorites. Oh, fuck yeah, Bill Hicks fries again! Come on, that's uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Mitch Hedberg. Who? Uh, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, who was I just watching? Things <laughs> like that. So, his name on top of my head. Uh, Sam Kinson. That's oh one of yeah, my amazing. Yeah, one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Yeah. All right, and then uh, if uh, yeah. uh, well, did you have anything else you'd like to promote? Let's put it that way. What do what do you guys uh, got coming up? How soon can I get the new hey. Wilson record? In a week or two? Yeah, tomorrow it'll be out. That's full on. We got it. We got it being pressed right now. And the vinyl's coming out. Haven't even recorded it. I'm gonna record it tonight. I uh, know. I don't. I don't have a release date. We haven't even recorded the new record. We're just working oh, on songs right now. And then, uh, I mean, basically, if you keep your tu- your eyes peeled and tuned into our website next week or Facebook or anything like that, we're gonna announce another tour in September. So that that that'll be out this. Um. Uh, uh, any Minnesota dates? I could really use a scoop. You know, I don't even know where the tour is uh, the tour is going to, so I haven't seen the final routing. I just know that it's a juicy one. People will be excited about it. So. Well, if it comes anywhere near me, I'll be excited, and you guys will probably be like, "He's back, Jesus!" My list is at seven now. Seven bands that I do not miss if I can make it, um, and you're on it. Oh, and by the way, Right Fuck to Rise yeah, was my number one record of the year. I was uh, disappointed in some of my fellow uh, writers at Decibel Geek for not ranking you a little higher because they're clearly deaf. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, take a poop on their chest. Yeah, no fucking shit, man. Like you say that a lot because I always talk about pooping under people's pillows. There you go. So I'm not going to start pooping on their chest. That'll Maybe they'll get yeah, their attention go. better. Thanks for that yeah, tip. Yeah, that's all they need to know. They need a little fecal enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> what song you want me to play out uh, when we're done? This is basically the end of the interview, so um, we're going to throw on a... Windows down. Windows down? You got it. Yeah. Right, right on, Chad. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you rescheduling this. I know we had a little snafu, and I got a little cold feet at uh, Rock USA, so I do appreciate this. And... Uh, Say hello, say hello to uh, all your uh, brothers and Wilson and uh, remind them how much I love them and let them know that I'll be masturbating furiously to pictures of them tonight. So <laughs> I will let them know. They will love that. And uh, look for the uh, dick pics. They're coming your way. Dick and ball, baby. Hostels. 
That's how you say it, right? Hostel? Hostels? Yeah. yeah. That's how I say it. Yeah. You make fun of everything. I, the way I Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 